Namaste. Welcome everybody to the Kendra Maya podcast. Today we are here with Nishant. Um, and he is uh, also a student at the Trilok Akhara um, from India. So today we are going to talk about relationships and the purpose of life. Fair enough, yeah. I've been wanting to know more about this. Yeah. So we're going to get into that in this episode. Um, so as usual, we would go into, we would start with questions and then get into the details of, uh, um, in the answer of that question, we will get into details of how the mind works according to Himalayan yoga. All right. So... What's your first question? Okay, the only burning question I've had for a while now is, uh, is it possible to balance your life's purpose with your life's purpose mm. on one hand and your romantic relationship on the other to ensure that the balance doesn't get untipped in any way? Because mm -hmm. it's either this or that, right? Uh, a great mother can never be an expert businesswoman mm -hmm. and vice versa. An expert woman will never become a great mother. Mm -hmm. She might be a good mother, but she can never be a great mother. Okay. I mean, that's what, that's, what I've, uh, that's what I've learned. That's what I've been told. But, uh, so is it possible? Like, let's say me, for instance, mm -hmm. uh, I have my burning life purpose. But on the other hand, I also want to ensure that uh, I have a romantic relationship. And equal impetus mm -hmm. is to go to both of them. Or do I need to completely drop one just to follow the other one? That's my question. And that's also the question of uh, a lot many blokes like myself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I would, I would really like for you to answer that yeah that's a really interesting question i actually forgot to introduce myself exactly yeah so <laughs> <laughs> just to cut into that just before so i just wanted to yeah introduce myself um so my name is kendra maya and i am a yoga siddha and student of guru pashupati from the trilok akhara that is a 17,000 year old ancient yogic tradition from the Himalayas of India and Nepal. So, coming back to, and yeah, Nishant here is also a student at the same Akhara. So yeah, so, right, so romantic relationships and purpose of one's life. I, so according to yoga and what I've been learning as Akhara, it is possible to combine the two. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it is not so much about combining, but about having three main elements of any successful partnership, which is potentially including sexual and romantic love. Mm. And these three elements are cohabitation, mm. co-creation mm -hmm. and commitment. Fair. So if you are driving yourself towards a certain purpose in your life if it's your own journey 
then it would make sense not to combine it um with another person unless these three uh, characteristics are met all right yeah so then it kind of becomes an imperative that this person also this person and you have crossed your pa- cross paths right. and there is something to co-create yeah yeah for co-creation yeah cohabitation is a bit of a bummer unless there's like a like a common goal let's say yeah exactly otherwise, otherwise it's just like a becomes more of a hassle yeah yeah because uh, because i don't know if you have like if your value systems in life are different if uh your aspirations mm-hmm. in life are different yeah it becomes really hard to be in the same space yeah as the other person i mean we've all been there we've all done that i don't want to do it anymore so Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I asked me question. Yeah. And uh coming back to co-creation. Can you define co-creation in more detail? Like mm-hmm. what sort of co-creation? I mean, what exactly entails mm-hmm. the whole um the element of co-creation? Yeah, that's a good question. So according to yoga and from what I understand, co-creation involves the individuals creating what they value like both of them value mm-hmm. have a common give common um attention and desire towards something so that means they value something mm-hmm. and that's what they both strive towards and they both agree that this is the right path to get there all right so it's not just so it, it has about two elements to it that they both value the same i don't know let's say for example money mm. that both of them want to make money and both of them agree that this is the right path of getting there there are probably potentially other elements to it but this is so this is the two main parts of it all right so if uh, in fact um so let's say for instance one of them kind of uh, backs out mm-hmm. so the thing is destined to fail right yeah that's where commitment comes in all right the third leg of the so let's say three c's oh i have uh, let's say i want to make money in life mm-hmm. but but the partner I'm with doesn't value money as highly as i do mm-hmm. she probably values something else mm-hmm. so is there like an obvious kind of disc- there is an obvious disconnect but does it hamper the progress of a of a partnership certainly i would say so and where does commitment step in and what exactly entails a commitment yeah so if both the people don't value that money for example in the same way and like have the same intensity towards wanting to make same desire towards mm. wanting to make money then there is already uh, the like the first aspect of co-creation is missing mm. which means it's not really probably not i mean it's going to be possible to do it but it's going to be a hard i mean yeah, yoga is all about effortless living exactly. so it's going to be a hard, it's going to be a struggle and i've been there mm-hmm. so i know i mean not in this exact example but in a similar kind of situation with other things fair enough though yeah. is that yeah. makes sense 
Yeah, it does. It does clarify a lot many points that I had, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which means that uh, you need to you need to like refine your thresh. Like you need to completely mm. immerse yourself along with a partner, mm -hmm. based on a checklist of aspirations and stuff. Correct. Mm -hmm. Or can they be manufactured as well? I mean, let's say I'm person A mm -hmm. and I'm with person B. Mm -hmm. Well, I have a completely different understanding of value and whatever. Yeah. And the person, person B, has a completely different understanding. There's no, like, there's no cohesion. Mm -hmm. There's absolutely no congruence. Mm -hmm. But... Let's say both of us undergo this uh, this radical transformation. Okay. So can that be a process which can be learned, or is that like, or is that, or can that not be learned? Yeah. So great question again. Um, according to yoga, these two people would have to find someone to guide them Fair. because both of them are in this sort of transmutation mm. because yeah because if they have to become similar to each other then there has to be someone else who knows both of them and who is able to pick up from like the differences between the two mm -hmm. and teach them from there to get to a certain level um, in which they reach expertise to of such a degree that they can co-create together. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So, essentially, these are skills that need to be learned if they're yeah. not already in you. Yeah, exactly. Fair. Yeah. That's uh, that's where we get down to because, yeah, I um, would love to... This is something that I also find really interesting, like people transforming and becoming better people and also being able to create together. Yeah. And... I think the whole universe and all the people on this planet are in th going through this transformation and kind of creating their own individual values in their life, but also creating together as a whole of humanity. Because that is like the essence of uh, humanity, mm. is to co-create. It's not like, I mean, I know the Western uh, philosophy kind of uh, goes slightly skewed here because mm -hmm. they value individuality quite mm. highly, but... To be honest, though, like, no, this world wasn't built by a bunch of, like, individuals. No. They had to have a common purpose, mm -hmm. which is why we see all the wonders that are happening. Yeah. I don't know, you can't be alone, man. Oh, I'm a self-made man. Oh, no, bollocks, man. You're not a self-made man, man. Your daddy had to shag your mother for you to be born, so you're not self-made. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Yes, indeed. Yeah, so that's the whole point. I mean, from exactly. I mean, and there's some. I mean, even in the 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 study of yoga that I've done mm -hmm. under my guru, who's also your guru, mm -hmm. and we have the same guru, is uh, nothing is standalone. Mm. There's uh, a lot of uh, there's a lineage that's supporting everything here. Yeah. There's ancestry. There's a whole lot of karma. Which has shaped us. Yeah, and brought us yeah. together. Exactly, that's the whole point. So there's the, the, the whole idea mm. of, yeah, we're individuals and yeah, my this, my that. Mm. 
you won't be able to survive if it was just down to indiv like individualism. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There needs to be a co-creation, which means uh, we all need to ascend mm -hmm. at the same time, yeah. do some good stuff yeah. or some bad stuff, either of them. Mm -hmm. That requires uh, cooperation. Yeah, yeah. Even for bad stuff, exactly. you can't rob a bank alone, right? You can if you're brainy enough, but then. Okay. Probably don't get away with it. I mean, but you can't do it just by yourself, though. Let's say you hack into someone's account. You're using a computer which was built by, which was They're conceived by someone, yeah. built by someone. Yeah. Someone was paid 30 cents an hour to put the chips together. Yeah, sure. So it's all of that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's an illusion. This individual, uh, individuality uh, on, a, on a scale that we are experiencing it today, at least. Yeah. Uh, it's an illusion and actually quantum science gets into like classical physicists and particle physicists they are realizing that quantum science and quantum wave theory is actually superseding quantum string theory sorry not quantum string theory just string theory and this and actually it's all about moni mo monistic it's like the universe is monistic mm. that's what it um, is implying in simple terms everything is one yeah. because I think there was a really nice example of two waves in the ocean mm. and and like they always talk about cats in this quantum context actually there were two cats yeah, and yeah, there's a neighbor who, <laughs> <laughs> so there's a neighbor who comes over to this person and she says okay I have two cats one is dead and one is alive and so when she says that that reality is that now the person who was spoke like she spoke it to me, so I don't really know which cat is alive and which cat is dead. Mm. So at the same time, either could be alive, either could be dead. Yeah. And in quantum science, even one third could be alive and two third could be dead. Wow. So there's a whole like a, the whole ratio that you can you know look at. And the point of this is, at any moment, if there are two waves, and there's a perfectly calm ocean, and then so there are two waves that come to disturb that ocean, and in that moment. To achieve the calmness, those two waves have to exactly cancel each other out. Yeah, nullify the the yeah. whole yeah. And motion of the wave. Yeah. So, so but so this is the only this is not the only way that the motion could be calm. There's also like two thirds of the wave is high and one third of the wave is low, and there's a whole bunch of combinations. So, in at the same moment, million you know possibilities exist for the universe to be so for it, reality to appear as it does so essentially and, uh, quantum uh, mechanics is essentially yoga in motion yeah, isn't it yeah, fair enough though to all those who try to discern spirituality from science this is a good example it combines both yeah, yeah exactly yeah there's a book by Heinrich Pass called the one it talks about how an ancient idea of monism is actually the most recent science the quantum so you can check the book out if you're interested yeah um, unfortunately there's no discount coupons here so you gotta buy it yeah. <laughs> someday no we're not sponsoring the book <laughs> an independent suggestion yeah so essentially what okay Getting back to the topic of relationships, I mean, what qualifies as a healthy relationship and what qualifies as an unhealthy relationship? Hmm. We know what a healthy relationship 
is based on the three C's of relationship. But what exactly is an unhealthy relationship? An when unhealthy? Yeah. A non-healthy one? Yeah. yeah. Uh, unhealthy. Unhealthy one. Yeah. Ah, yeah, that's an important... Um, yeah, what should we not be related to? What kind of relationship should there not be? So, a relationship that is... I think there are about... many aspects, but the first one that comes to my mind is being judgmental. Mm. So... People like to really put other people into boxes and categories. <laughs> and I mean, I've done that too, so. Yeah, I think I'm in a box and I've put people in a box myself, so. We're all a bunch of boxers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not that box, but yeah, you're getting my, and that was, yeah, so. I mean, putting people into boxes or putting people into a different categories makes us judge them. And maybe there is a whole bunch of, maybe even there is sex being exchanged or some other value is being created or co-created. Yeah. But if there is judgment, then there is lack of grace mm. in the relationship. And this means that, um, yeah, lack of grace means that the value can actually stop flowing. And the value that each of them get from each other, which means judgment is basically going to end the relationship. Because judgment is nothing but an ego in hyperdrive. Yeah, the ego it is doesn't offer any... Uh, it offers basically nothing though. I mean, judgment just exists. Yeah. Let's say uh, I have some sharp views about my partner. Mm-hmm. And my partner has some sharp views about myself. So that thing always sticks in our minds, in the back of our minds. Mm-hmm. So whatever goodness might be created, mm-hmm. it only takes one snap of the finger for this judgment to kick in. Yeah. Is that how it works? Yes, that's exactly how it works. From it's, It has the same metaphor in yoga as well. Like No matter how advanced of an enlightened person you are, yeah. you still have ego. And that ego can at any moment come and destroy all peace. Yeah. Just We're all a bunch of monkeys, aren't we? <laughs> Only if we are listening yeah. to our equals all the time, which is what... Fair enough, though, which is why we need to ascend yeah. together. Yeah, pitfalls of our relationship. Yeah, well, one more thing that I would say is bad in relationship that stands out is um, being... Um, Yeah, unable to be honest, obviously. True, yeah. I mean, this is a really obvious one, but most people are not able to be be honest to another person because they're not honest to themselves. Yeah. Yeah, like for example, being able to say no. This is something that, uh, most, like, including me, I mean, I have struggled with that skill. It's a skill, being able to yeah. say no to the right, to the person at the right situation at the right time. Um, I mean, whatever situations emerge from life and whatever is not good for you, you should be able to say no to it. Whatever you know, your conscience is telling you, it's not good for you. Yeah. That is... Uh, and that, that involves being honest to oneself. And when we master that, only then can we be honest to others. Exactly. And also that uh, you must fulfill your own needs 
before you can pump into the needs of your partner, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of people try, like including myself, mm-hmm. tried doing it the other way. It just didn't work out. Yeah. So, yeah. Wear your own oxygen masks before you help the others with theirs. Oh, yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Some of them, yeah. Otherwise, both will die. Mm-hmm. It's okay, though, because death is not the end, is it? Yeah, <laughs> not going to be <laughs> Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, Because, yeah, people, they don't meet their own needs prior to entering into a relationship. I don't know. The whole concept of fucking uh, relationship is basically uh, attachment-based. And it's also, I don't know, there's not not many healthy relationships around us. Mm. And, I don't know, like, uh, if you trace it back to, like, Trace it back to our parents and their parents. Mm-hmm. I think uh, your, like, the availability mm-hmm. of your parents towards your needs mm-hmm. kind of, uh, it dictates how you view relationships. Yeah. In a way, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. It's an attachment style, psych- yeah. psychological theory. I mean, not theory, it's technical text in psychology. Attachment styles. Yeah, so... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what people think, and the whole the, the whole concept of uh, of media and Hollywood and other films and Bollywood. That, Bollywood. that god damn man, <laughs> like those things completely deride the essence of relationships because all they're trying to portray is attachment, yeah. and in the most unhealthy ways possible. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So attachment styles, according to psychology, are so whatever we have sort of attachment style in our childhood is quite likely going to be our relationship style when we're adults. I mean, exactly. it can change, but it doesn't necessarily have, there are some, how much were there? I think there were some, four of them. So you can be in any of them, switch around, and there's only one of them, which is the healthy, healthy attachment style. Mm. But according to yoga, or yoga, attachment itself... It's the same. It's not a <laughs> It's... it's um, luxury that an an ascended human being will not afford because they know that everything is impermanent. Yeah. Yeah. But there is also a shloka in the Upanishads that goes I don't exactly know the Sanskrit word but the interpretation of it is that only when we have filled ourselves and then we are filled with divine light and then there's another person. Only then can we yeah. give that light yeah. to so them. So when I am infinite and when you're infinite and when two infinities come together, then we create something infinite. Fair. It's like, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I, I like this uh, analogy more to the oxygen mask one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> infinity plus infinity, infinity is more infinity. <laughs> Yeah, infinity is... Incorrect mathematical equation, but yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Is that incorrect? Oh, in, in, yeah, because infinity can't add it to infinity. Like yeah. Infinity just blends into infinity. It's like a black hole that yeah. just sucks it in. That's true. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, but that is. Speaking of black holes, yeah. most people want to end up, you know, just have this black hole inside them, you know, like a void. 
and so they are not able to fill themselves so they get a partner to fill that hole and the partner can never fill it fill it completely because they themselves have a hole <laughs> in them as well so it's yeah. like two black holes trying to fill each other up and doesn't really lead anywhere true that's a it's quite a good example though yeah also yeah i mean a lot of uh, i don't know i'd say in theory mm. people do understand mm. what a healthy partnership is from an unhealthy one but mm. in actuality they're unable to do it because i don't know they're probably just trying to fill the void mm. with whoever they can find mm-hmm. whoever like uh, checks all their boxes yeah it's like a bloody fucking dating app <laughs> yeah. I want a man with a beard and who has a six pack and uh, yeah. he drives a car who wants to pet my poodle. I mean, god damn it, lad. <laughs> the hell's happening to you, lassie? Yeah. Pet me poodle. I'm looking for a man to drink beer with. Well, if the man's goes laying down beer. After four beers, he won't be a man anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's probably finding that out the hard way. So exactly, it's just driven by perception of what might work mm. and perception of what we think is good for us yeah without actually internalizing the whole thing yeah. so yeah. yeah it's just yeah the yeah. whole concept of i don't know we just let's just say i think most of us humans are just uh, isolated souls mm. the hyper isolation of us living beings of mm-hmm. us uh, human beings mm-hmm. is the main cause i mean the whole sense of community from centuries and mm. millennia past is now lost yeah. yeah so we're all just trying to fill the voids that's why it's an unhealthy filling of the void indeed cuz when i mean I, i don't know like i think somewhere in africa or some mm-hmm. some some tribes when a baby is born the whole village raises that baby yeah So it takes a village to raise a child. Exactly, it takes a village to raise a child. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what's missing. Yeah. Like disjointed families and uh, yeah. people looking for the next the next high. Yeah, nuclear. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's okay if you want to have a nuclear nuclear family, but uh at least ensure that the child has access to things that you had access to when you were kids. Yeah. that's a minimum they could at least set i mean the 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 the, the kids being i don't know the the sent to foster homes and whatever yeah. like yeah. i mean trust me okay foster homes that's a that's a completely different topic but yeah. kids with both parents who are employed mm-hmm. they just dropped off to some uh, yeah. facility where no one takes care yeah. of them yeah. i mean they might take care of them i'm sure the good ones but for the most part you need a solid masculine and a solid feminine figure in your life yeah and at home especially at home as well yeah yeah exactly yeah these um this isolation of the self is a manufactured artificial environment that mm. we create so uh in yoga we look at freedom and like too much freedom too much freedom towards what is disconnected from who we are mm-hmm. leads to loneliness 
and I have experienced this personally also but this isolation happens also because of one's individuality and ego because one thinks that okay you know I am this and that and I want to have my own place and I want to be able to do whatever the hell I want in this place and you know I don't want to live with anyone I just yeah I don't want to have a schedule okay I have a job which pays for stuff that's great but yeah exactly and people are like uh, that's the whole point I mean the instances of people saying oh I don't I hate people and they just lock themselves up three months later they're depressed that no one wants to talk to them (laughs) fuck off man you locked yourself in a damn closet We've lost, we've lost everything that we built over over the centuries, though. Yeah, yeah but uh, whenever something falls apart, something else is building up, and I would say that is this feeling of being a global citizen. Mm. And this is what, because yoga actually reaches people across cultures and continents, and because it. Um, guides and encourages the individual to look inside themselves yeah and in this aspect it is quite individual because it actually is a sort of individual experience so i have my own experiences and yoga has its teachings which can be applied to everybody but each person will have their own experiences with respect to those teachings and in that sense there is a global and it's possible like this healing journey, this 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 podcast, all of this is you know trying to get people to you know look inside themselves and see for themselves, but be more honest. And before people heal, they need to they need to feel the pain. Yeah, kind of brings me back to like Fight Club, Tyler Durden, <laughs> yeah. when he when he pours a chemical burn oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the narrator's hands, yeah. like yeah, this is your pain, stay with it, don't shut it out, <laughs> don't distract yourself. This is your single greatest moment. <laughs> <laughs> so exactly that's the whole point I mean even pe- people when they break up let's say getting back to relationships since yeah. that's the topic for today people when they break up they're looking for something to fill that that, that pain mm. they don't want to feel the pain yeah. alcohol drugs hookups whatever mm-hmm. we've all done that yeah. but that's the point when the moment you start feeling the pain mm. you start acknowledging respecting and accepting the pain that's when true healing begins yeah 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 absolutely a lot of people believe that yoga yoga is all about sunflowers and fields of lavender yeah that's absolutely not just sitting in bliss at all moments but actually it always begins with pain because pain is all about the individual becoming more aware and until then there has been a sort of numbness you know and this realization only comes after one opens up to that pain which was actually there all along but we didn't, you know, turn around or feel it or just look at it and experience it and live in it for as many. Yeah, but is, pain true. is also an alarm. So in yoga, pain is actually an alarm. So you don't have to be in pain at all times. It's actually I mean, an alarm yeah. that you switch off. Sure. But it's a starting point, and it could go on for a day or a week or a month, you know, and then you're just like, okay, now I switch off the alarm and I take action on. And it's usually always a skill upgrade. True. So that's what pain teaches us. That this is what I thought I deserve, but actually 
it's not because I just don't have the skills to keep this relationship to have a new relationship or whatever it is that you experience pain from it's because you realize or at least hopefully you switch off the alarm of the pain and then you're like okay, I need to take action and the action is upgrading your skills to just be excellent at whatever you just feel that true and if you ignore pain it turns to suffering yeah. that's the worst part yeah. that's what our guru teaches us yeah. pain is good pain's amazing enjoy the pain but don't let it turn to suffering yeah. by sleeping on it yeah. don't fucking sleep on pain yeah yeah absolutely that's yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any other questions no i think uh our discussion kind of takes care of uh, a lot many questions that i had okay yes it's essential to combine purpose and partnership mm. so yeah we need i need to focus on the three c's myself yeah. need to get the infinite love flowing <laughs> yeah indeed. so yeah yeah infinite infinity in yourself first and then and what are your personal uh takeaways from from learning Uh, learning of learning about relationships in yoga what is your personal take on it this is the main one these two uh the this, the need to be infinite myself first mm. to completely so the, the the actual state of being of a person who is living without a void mm. who actually is complete already mm. this state of existence the basic level the basic emotional level of this person is happiness Mm. So this is the minimum emotion they experience on a day-to-day basis. They yeah. never go below happiness. There is no anger, there is no fear, there is no impatience, there is no all those negative emotions, jealousy, what you know, all those um jealousy actually interestingly is an evolutionary emotion which I learned it was really interesting. But anyhow in this case happiness is the minimum emotion and beyond happiness we have bliss and you know just contentment and tranquility and there is no limit to how high you can be in terms of how great your emotions are and emotions basically define one's energy mm. and state of being so my first step is to be infinite myself and to kind of completely fill the gap and just have excellent emotional state control and kind of these library of emotional states this is what guru uh, pashupati has taught he keeps teaching his students to have this library so instead of having a library of suffering which is what most of us have <laughs> a library of bliss you know, library of and what yeah. the other uh, one is, how should he have a library of bliss that's my question yeah so um, it starts with the first siddhi all right which is emotion state control fair so Yeah. For those who are not um versed with uh yoga terminology mm-hmm. is emotional control does it does it work on the same principle as let's say stoicism for instance mm. which kind of uh, is your feelings and emotions not dictating your course of action Um I mean I not for for what for a person not being impulsive just because he or she uh, feels a certain way mm-hmm. stoicism is uh, quite 
an enriching philosophy yeah because it does talk a lot about emotional state control mm-hmm. um in those sense like not to be impulsive to uh, be aware that sh- shit happens all the time <laughs> and one has to be able to coast you know coast through it like a surfer yeah over waves and just be really humble also it also teaches humility yeah so in that sense i think it's um, great and for those who don't have so much knowledge of yoga i mean stoicism is something that could potentially help with some sort mm. of initial understanding but yoga yoga definitely goes beyond no, stoicism of course it does yeah uh, because the library of bliss can be made by well first becoming aware of one's pain Yeah. And then taking action on it which takes usually a bit of courage. And right now I would say just by learning to smile at all your fears. Yeah. So smiling at all your fears is a direct pathway into just being happier and just watching the movie of what you think is going to go wrong in the future playing in front of you. Okay, I'm going to be lonely. I'm going to die alone. I'm going to live with cats or whatever. Although living with cats is a nice one, but some people think it's a bad thing. And so, whatever movie plays in front of you, and then you just smile at it, and you just amuse, be amused by how your brain is like so creative and coming up with all kinds of weird shit about the future that has nothing to do with who you are or your present because there is no future. and there is no past neither of these exist only the present moment exists and it's interesting of you to pull this out uh, about smiling at your fears because uh, Marcus Aurelius uh, one of the proponents of yeah. stoicism mm-hmm. had a wonderful quote which said death smiles us at us at all times all one can do is smile back yeah. so yeah i think uh, there is yeah, a bit of a parallel there yeah well, maybe Aurelius was a yogi yeah <laughs> Could, could have been. Could have been. <laughs> I mean, the Greeks came to India. Of course they did. Um, especially, I mean, to Alexander plunder, to plunder and pillage, but yeah. yeah. But they took some stuff from us. Yeah. Doorstep, so. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm sure they took some stuff. I mean, there of course no historical. Well, there are some Indo-Greek uh, accounts, but yeah, lots of Greek accounts of what was happening in India. Yeah. So, but yeah, smiling at your fears, literally. I mean he said it as a quote which is wonderful but this is yoga actually teaches how to actually practice it and those of you who want to um start that journey then you're welcome to get in touch with me because I am available at himalinholistichealing@gmail.com and that's where I would also love to receive any questions about this topic or any other topic or if you just want to hit me up for a chat you can just hit me up for a chat yeah. about stoicism about fight club any other good stuff including yoga <laughs> which brings me to my final question mm. is how is jealousy an evolutionary trait <laughs> how did that come into conception yeah so i was it's from scientific research um that i heard about on the huberman lab podcast. yeah huberman yeah. So i was listening to the blog the other day though uh, yeah, yeah. So he was interviewing one man who has done a lot of um, clinical studies on gender and how people mate mating studies. Oh yeah, mating. And so when people actually mate and have a child, 
then it was developed as an evolutionary emotion so that the woman can protect the family unit by being jealous of anyone any other woman who or any other ah. you know in the case of the man if any other um yeah if a woman is being uh, i don't know whatever trying to break the family unit by being with another person outside the unit then the man is also capable of experiencing jealousy yeah that makes sense and that's all probably like ingrained in our systems hardwired yeah it's in the sort of the animal part of our brain yeah yeah lower brain yeah which is yeah you're planning to have keep then it's useful <laughs> <laughs> then keep it in your library yeah no. blissful infinite bliss library not the other one yeah not the other one. right so yeah those are my questions thank you so much for taking the time out to answer them gives a lot of uh, insight uh, hopefully it helps uh, everyone who's uh, watching and listening to this podcast yeah i hope so too thanks so much for tuning in uh, all my listeners and thank you so much for asking me all these great questions thank you so much yeah. thanks for having me here my pleasure cheers mate cheers <laughs> all right that was fun